Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello there. So delighted to see you've returned once again to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, and today we have a very interesting item. If you'll follow me over here to the religious section of the shop, we have all sorts of artifacts and baubles and trinkets from religion throughout time and memoriam. And this one here... I thought of particular interest given today's topic on Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. This is a statue of Nuestra Señora de la Santa Muerta, which in Spanish means Our Lady of Holy Death. In Mexican folk Catholicism, shortened to Santa Muerta, this particular statue Fittingly looks that of the Grim Reaper, for Santa Muerta is the personification of death and associated with healing, protection, and safe delivery to the afterlife. And it is this folk saint that lies at the center of a new story. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new Shudder original, Skeletons in the Closet. So, Skeletons in the Closet is a new movie that's come out on Shudder. Came out this past Friday. And a movie that I knew it was coming out, and that's about it. Uh, like I've said before, when I do my research at the beginning of the year, I saw this as one of the movies coming out. But that is pretty much all I knew about this movie. I hadn't had a chance to watch a trailer before. Next thing I know, oh yeah, that's up on Shudder. I need to watch it. So I went into this about as cold as a person could go into a movie. I didn't know anything about it. I never watched the trailer. I didn't even know who starred in it until I pull it up on Shudder. And I was quite surprised to see that this has some really good names attached to it. Uh, Terrence Howard is in this. Cuba Gooding Jr. is in this. Clifton Powell is a part of this project. Udo Kier. Valerie Ortiz, who's not a huge name, but she is uh, an actress that I have seen in, in several things. I know she did a, an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., another TV that I'm sure you've probably seen her in at, at some point or another. So uh, a lot of really good names and quality names attached to this project. So I was really hopeful and really excited going into this. And I have to say that this movie, it's one of those movies where for as much as it excelled in some things, it really fell flat in other regards. And, and I hate to say that because I really wanted to like this movie. I thought it started out and it had a really interesting idea. I thought the acting was really good. Uh, it's just the story had too much going on. And, and we'll talk about that a little more in depth in the spoiler section and it just had too much going on, too many characters that really didn't need to be in the story, and there was no real focus. This is definitely a movie that I'm glad that I watched it, but when I was done watching it, I was like, oh, they really could have trimmed a lot of fat off this movie, made it a little more 
concise, a little more focused, and it probably would have been a really good movie because, like I said, I thought it was a really good idea. The whole premise of this story deals with a family who has a young daughter who has been going through this battle with cancer. They thought they got rid of the cancer, but the cancer's coming back. The father loses his job, and they've got hospital bills that need to be paid. And and how are they going to pay this? What lengths will these parents go to to save their daughter? And I think that's a really interesting idea. I just think, from a writing standpoint, they just went... Uh, in too many directions. There's too much egg in the pudding. And uh, I know some people like eggy pudding. I, for one, I like just the, the right amount of egg in my pudding. And uh, just it was it was too much. There was too much going on. So I don't really want to give away too much. I will say it's an interesting film to watch. You're not going to love it. At least I didn't love it. You, you may love it. Who knows? Uh, it, it may be, you know, if you like an all swim where everyone's in the pool all at once, uh, then, then you'll probably like this. But for as much as I love the acting, I enjoyed the direction for the most part. The special effects were not that great. The story was interesting, but it lacked focus and lacked some refinement. It had so much going on in it that I didn't have enough focus on the things that that I, I needed to care about as an audience member watching this for the ending to have the impact that it should have. So don't take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Skeletons in the Closet. It's on Shutter right now. And, and see what you think. Come back and listen to my thoughts on it and see how they compared to how you felt about this. But if you saw Skeletons in the Closet, or, or maybe you just don't give a rip one way or the other about spoilers, we're going to press on, but we're going to head in to some spoiler territory. Now, I, I probably could have talked about some of these actors and characters in the story. I probably could have talked about this in the non-spoiler section, but uh, there are aspects to these characters and what they're going through that I, I don't want to give too much away. But you have this this couple, Mark and Valentina, played by Terrence Howard and Valerie Ortiz. And they have this young daughter, Jenny, played by Appy Pratt, who I think the fine young actress, she did a good job. And But you have these parents, and, and I thought Terrence Howard and Valerie Ortiz did a good job with this, uh, playing these parents that are just struggling, uh, struggling to get by and struggling with the, the pressure of having a sick child. Uh, you, you can tell these parents really love their daughter. Uh, you can tell they love each other, but from a writing standpoint, there were things that that I just I didn't buy. You know, Terrence Howard's character Mark is constantly going out and you know having drinks with his brother and whoever. And like, if you're trying to save money, if you're trying to scrimp money, you don't have the luxury of going out for drinks and, and buying rounds and shit like that. Uh, you had the Valentina character who she you can tell she loves her husband. She certainly loves her daughter. But there is a not a distrust of her husband, but a sense of, you know, when he's trying to fix things, uh, it, it feels like a, well, this isn't going to work. What are you going to do next? sort of situation, which which I, I didn't like. I wanted to see more of a, a loving family unit that wasn't at each other's throats, at least not quite yet. Build up to that if that's the tension you're going for. But, but it felt like right off the bat, 
Uh, she was kind of like essentially assigning blame that he's the he's the problem for this. His insurance wasn't good enough, didn't pay all their bills. He lost his job and, and can't pay. He went to loan sharks to try and get uh, money to, to pay for their daughter's medical bills. You know, it's just like... You know, come up with these answers, come up with these solutions. But then when he does, and maybe he does it in the wrong way, but then kind of shits on him for doing that and offering no solutions of her own, which there again, like I said, I really wanted to see less of that and more of the loving family to, to make me care about the end of this film. I wanted to care about these characters enough and, and they just didn't offer me enough to care about anyone outside of the young daughter, Jenny, because a child uh, going through cancer is just such a, a heartbreaking thing. Anyone going through cancer is a heartbreaking thing, but a, but a child to, you know, the possibility of being taken from this world before they've had a chance to live it is just, it breaks my heart. And you really felt that. And it's, it's an easy emotion to get when you put a child in peril. That's easy. But, but when you make it something that it's not a bad guy that anybody can fight off, it's not a monster that the parents can fight off. It is, it's cancer. It's a, it's a different kind of monster that you can only do so much about. And that was a, a good emotional tie that this movie had. But there again, the parents, just I just wasn't feeling it in spite of the fact that both Terrence Howard and Valerie Ortiz played these characters really well. I really enjoyed their performances. I just think from a writing standpoint, these characters needed to be a little more of a loving, solidified family union. You got about like five minutes of that at the very beginning of the movie, and then it all went downhill from there. Another character I really liked, but just kind of felt unnecessary, was the Andreas character, played by Cuba Gooding Jr. I really enjoyed him as an actor over the years, but it just, and he does a good job with this character, but he just kind of felt superfluous, the character that is. Uh, the Andres character, you meet him, he's apparently just got out of jail, and I think they did that to give him ties to this, this loan shark, this mobster that Mark eventually goes to. And other than that, like he's really good with Jenny when he comes to babysit, but that's all it really does. He introduces his younger brother to some mobsters and then he babysits. And the character just really felt like it was not necessary. It felt like this is just, let's just make this role so we can cast Cuba Gooding Jr. And there again, uh, he's a great actor. I really liked him as this character, but the character really didn't have much purpose. And like I said, there's other really good actors. Clifton Powell plays Father Francisco. Michelle Jubilee Gonzalez plays Celia. Sally Kirkland is Madame Futura. Some really good B and C characters in this, and, and the actors uh, play these parts really well. But I think, like I said, one of the problems I have with this movie is that it really lacked focus. Where there was really good acting, the characters were maybe so-so, but the acting was really good. And I probably... Could have forgiven this movie if the characters were only so-so, but the acting was good if this movie had a little more focus because it really felt like two different movies. You felt like it had two different main characters. At the beginning, this movie really focuses on the Mark character, played by Terrence Howard, where his brother gets him involved with these 
mobsters. And then he gets him involved with this Madame Futura, who is a fortune teller. And through Madame Futura, he gets involved with this Luke character played by Udo Kier. And between getting in major debt with the mobsters and being involved with Madame Futura and Luke in this sort of spiritual aspect of this movie, it really made you think that Terrence Howard's character is the main character. Then about halfway through, it switches to the Valerie Ortiz character, Valentina, as the main character once we realize the skeletons in the closet of the title are really in her closet and not so much Mark's closet. Which there again, I think if you manage the time a little better and and you make her the main focus of this movie from the start, it, it would really feel a little more cohesive throughout the movie. Like I said, at the beginning, you think it's Mark's story. Then about halfway through, you find out it's Valentina's story. And it's just kind of a an about face that is really jarring and obvious. And like, oh, okay, we're not following him anymore. It's her story. It, it just felt like a, a little disjointed. And then as far as the antagonist of this movie, they didn't know exactly where to go with this because... First off, you have Valentina seeing these apparitions of a woman in white and she has long black hair and it's very distorted in some regards, especially when you're seeing her face because they are concealing who the who the apparition is, but they make it feel like it is very antagonistic, very menacing. She constantly sees this apparition hovering around her daughter, Jenny. But she's also seeing a darker apparition because she's a nurse working at a hospital. And this darker apparition is usually around when people are dying. And and they almost conflate the two. Like you think it is the same apparition. Just in one moment you're seeing it in white. Another moment you're seeing it in black. When they do the visual effects on it, they make them very similar. And it is a lot of jump cuts it is a lot of jump scares and like not good jump scares it is something where like they jump cut to a shot with this thing do very distorted herky-jerky uh motions with it and and do a loud sound effect to make you jump sometimes there are some cg effects that just aren't that good but ultimately what it boils down to is that you have essentially three bad guys because you have the lady in white that you you think is an antagonist at the beginning. You have Santa Muerta, who is the figure in black that she is seeing stealing uh, life from people as they're dying. And then you have the Luke character, played by Udo Kier, who is a demon. And (laughs) it just... Like, every time you think you know who the bad guy of this thing is, they introduce somebody else. And therein lies the lack of focus in this movie. Now, they ultimately reveal that the lady in white is Valentina's, the ghost of Valentina's mother, Celia. Who will get into why she's a ghost, but she actually wasn't a malevolent apparition she was actually trying to warn valentina i get that that was interesting enough it's something that you could not figure out the figure in black is santa muerta ultimately trying to take their daughter from them but that is because she has cancer and you know if not treated will possibly die soon 
But then you also have Luke, the demon who is brought into this. And just the whole thing of almost kind of like a generational curse where Valentina had cancer as a child. Her mother Celia made a a deal with, she thought was Santa Muerta. It turns out that's Luke, this demon, and essentially a life for a life where the daughter will be saved, but a life has to be given in payment. And they they do this flashback where Celia and her husband are going to sacrifice a, I don't know whether it's the pregnant woman or the pregnant woman's child, but it's very, uh, very dark. Uh, I wish they would have played into that darkness a little more. I thought that could have been a little more scary and a little more creepy and a little more ritualistic. And But it just wasn't played like that. But ultimately, Celia backs out of this and ends up killing herself in payment for her daughter. And it, it's supposed to mirror what Valentina is willing to do for her daughter when she makes a deal with this demon Luke, not knowing as a demon at the time. And you see it coming a mile away that she is going to sacrifice herself to save her daughter. And I almost wanted it to play a little different. I wanted it to play a little more complicated. I like the fact that she, you know, is willing to sacrifice herself for her daughter. But that's kind of, you expect that. You expect that out of any parent. I almost thought it would have been more interesting if she was willing to sacrifice her husband, Mark, to save her daughter. To me, that's more of a maniacal ending. That is more of a, like a Tales from the Crypt style ending. It's a dark ending, but, you know, to have her and her daughter off doing things and and living life now that her daughter's free of cancer uh, because she fulfilled her her deal with the devil. Uh, But knowing in the back of her mind that she is the reason her husband is no longer there and and the daughter missing him, I, I thought that would have been more interesting. It would have been more complex. And to me, it would have made a little more sense uh, giving the way they made their relationship turn contentious very quickly. I mean, they could have given reason for that. Maybe he'd been unfaithful in the past, or maybe he'd had them in money problems in, in the past uh, because of shady dealings with his brother or something like that. They could have justified her being a little more antagonistic towards him, a little more contentious towards him, and his way of trying to to get them the money to get their daughter's doctor's bills paid. Uh, They could have played into that a little more, and then it would have made this kind of ending where she is willing to sacrifice her husband because it, you know, they've already laid the foundation with that contentious relationship. You build on that and then you make him the sacrifice to save the daughter's life. And, and like I said, it just makes it all very, very complex, very macabre, and a, a darker spirited, a more mean spirited ending towards this, which would have made it ultimately a little more interesting. There again, not anything unexpected if you're looking at, you know, one of two routes, but I I thought that would have been the less candy-coated ending for this. But instead, they have Valentina sacrificing herself. Oh, yeah, and there's also a scarecrow that comes to life and is chasing people back when Valentina's a child and again when she's an adult. So you've got a fourth possible villain thrown into the mix in this movie and it was just way too much you didn't have a focus on who your main character was in the first act you didn't have a focus on who the villain was in the second act and the third act was just kind of a hodgepodge of sorting out 
who's who in these potential villain candidates. I like the idea of the mother coming back to warn Valentina. I liked the the Celia ghost coming back and her, you know, Valentina thinking it is some sort of uh, malevolent apparition out to get her daughter. I like that. It's not anything we haven't seen before. Uh, I like the Santa Muerta part. I wish they would have just gone with either the demon or Santa Muerta. You didn't have to have the two. You have the really creepy imagery of Santa Muerta, which they did in like a practical costume, which looked really bizarre. I mean, it looked fake. It looked like a costume. It looked like somebody wearing a mask, but it was so creepy and otherworldly that it almost worked to a degree. And I would have rather seen more of that or, or seen the demon uh, or, or combine them in some way. But you had too many bad guys here. You had this scarecrow that made no fucking sense at all. Creepy. The the practical effects for this scarecrow golem that the the demon creates is is creepy as fuck. But it just was unnecessary. It's too much. You had too much going on. Too many bad guys and not enough story. When you're trying to fill this story with side shit, with the brother Andres, uh, with the with the mobsters that didn't pan out to anything. Like I said, Cuba Gooding Jr., great actor, played this part very well. It's just the part was a nothing part. It, it had no bearing on the story other than introducing him to the mobsters. The mobsters didn't have anything to do because there was this threat of Mark not paying back the mobsters and them doing something to his family. But then as soon as the deal is made with the demon, they're thinking it's Santa Muerta, much like Valentina's parents did. The hospital bills are magically paid. The debt is magically repaid. And that's no longer a thing. So it's like they just put these elements in there. It, it almost felt like they didn't have enough story. This movie is an hour and 38 minutes and it felt like maybe they had an hour and 15 minutes worth of of story to tell. And let's figure out something to fill the time. Well, let's put a brother in there. Uh, well, if the brother used to be in jail, then he would know some bad guys. So let's throw in some mobsters in there. And, well, we've got the ghost mom and we've got Santa Muerta. But let's... Or, or, or the demon, whichever came first. It's like the chicken or the egg, which came first, the demon or the Santa Muerta. I don't know, but, uh, well, we don't have a, you know, we need another. And, well, let's put a scarecrow guy in here. and We can have some scary scenes with that. And it's just, it, like I said, it felt like too much filler and not enough substance. All breadcrumb and no meat. And nobody wants that meatloaf. And I think with, you know, a lot of that confusion of just too much going on, too many bad guys, uh, not enough focus on who you should be focusing on, you didn't build up enough emotional capital to spend to make the the end of this movie pay off, the sacrifice that Valentina makes pay off, and you didn't have enough capital built up in the scare department because this is a horror movie and there are some horrific scenes and there are some creepy scenes a couple creepy scenes that worked but for the most part a lot of the scares didn't work there was a lot of bad jump scares there was a lot of scenes that probably should have been creepier but there again it just wasn't built up enough the tension and the suspense of the scene wasn't built up enough to to make the reveal all that terrifying and i think if you you have less bad guys you have less antagonists, 
and you can focus on really making that one bad guy really creepy and really scary. I think this is a lot better movie. I think from a directing standpoint, I don't think it was a bad movie. Asif Akbar is the director of this. I thought he did a fine job. I think where he had problems was in the writing. And I don't know where at in the writing this kind of went off the rails and just got a little too complicated for what it needed to be. Uh, I know Al Bravo came up with the original story. The screenplay was written by Joshua Cohen and Terrence Howard. So so I don't know where along the way that, that things went awry. I know there's a couple other writers noted on IMDb. So yeah, I don't know how many scripts and rewrites there were, but yeah, it's felt like things got added along the way. It's like somebody took a, a, uh, a bust of, I always use this when I, when I talk about writing a, a radio commercial and you craft this, this wonderful commercial that's going to be effective for your client. And I liken it to a clay uh, bust of, of somebody's head. And then you get the salespeople and the client come along and well, it'd be better if it had a, a lump of clay right here. And by the time they're done sticking their fingers on your work of art, it looks like a monstrosity. I, I don't know if it's that sort of situation here where there is this concise original story that may have been a little short, but it was still a pretty concise story. And then other people came along and just started adding things that, that didn't need to be there. But that's kind of what this movie felt like. It felt like a good idea. It felt like a story that was very interesting, but it felt like it just kept having things added to it quite possibly to fill out the runtime and that's what made it just by the time it was done i was like oh, okay this is finally over uh because i by the end of it i just didn't feel emotionally invested in the characters i didn't feel emotionally invested in the story i still liked it i still thought it was interesting from that aspect uh, i liked the performances i thought the actors were really good it's just from a writing standpoint they didn't really focus enough on the things i wanted to care about or needed to care about to really have that sacrifice that valentina makes at the end really pay off and really make you feel it at the end. So there you have it. I, I'm not going to spend too much more time talking about this movie. It, it was, I, I feel like saying it was okay is giving it a little more credit than it probably should. But like I said, I, I really did enjoy the acting. I thought the performances were really good. I thought had some really good quality actors. I thought the idea that this story was trying to work out. I thought it was a good idea and an interesting idea. Not anything that's rewriting horror, but I thought it was still an interesting idea and an interesting story that could be told. I just don't think they knew how to tell it in a very concise way. I, I felt like there was just too much extra. Maybe a too many chefs in the kitchen sort of thing. I don't know. But you had too many characters that just didn't need to be in this movie and not enough focus on the things that you should care about with the characters that you did need and you did need to focus on. And like I said, the special effects weren't that great. Uh, there was some really bad CG fire. There was some really bad CG uh, visual effects. It looked like somebody bought a program and this is the stock CG effect for fire that we just put in this building. And it just, uh, the CG was not good at all. Luckily, they didn't use a ton of it. But on the scenes that they did use it, 
I mean, it was pretty big scenes with a lot of it. But like I said earlier, don't take my word for it. If you haven't watched Skeletons in the Closet, you may like it. You may see things in it that I didn't see. You may you may like all the different bad guys. Like I said, from a design standpoint, they're all really creepy and cool. Uh, this is too many of them. <laughs> and like I said, the acting is really good. And I wanted a better movie for these actors to be in. So I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on Skeletons in the Closet. You can check out more about what's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on our Facebook page and Instagram. We're always talking about horror, fantasy, and science fiction, as well as the latest episodes coming up. Please like, subscribe, follow this podcast wherever you happen to be listening to it. That way you can stay on top of all the new episodes. But please leave a review. Five stars would be awesome. And whatever you do, please share this podcast with anyone that you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction. So till next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha.